on this Friday afternoon, a little football Friday, basketball too, as well as we know, basketball season is uh, in full gear. The Rebels got themselves a big-time victory this week against Dayton, and then tonight you've got the Roman main event at T-Mobile Arena. We'll look forward to that. Tracy Murray will join us next hour. We'll get his thoughts about his UCLA Bruins in action tonight against the Fighting Illini. Well, remember back in the day, the Flying Illini. <laughs> Nick Anderson and company? Yeah, you remember those guys. Okay. Yeah. All right, and then uh, Virginia playing at uh, 4 o'clock earlier today against uh, the Baylor Bears as well, too. And uh, the Virginia Cavaliers believe this will be their first game since the the tragedy that that took place and weren't sure if uh, Virginia was going to be making the trip here to Las Vegas, but um, they're here. They're going to play Tony Bennett's team, so it should be good action at T-Mobile Arena tonight. But uh, we got plenty of uh, football to talk about. And joining us now, of course, our good friend here at the Westgate, the world-famous Superbook, Jay Cornegay, the man who is going in 18 different directions. But, again, that wouldn't be life, uh, you know, Jay, if, it, if you weren't going in 18 different directions. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's very accurate. But uh, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. You know, it's just work. You know, getting things done, trying to make a difference. You know, that's it. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, – the NFL game, the Buffalo-Cleveland uh, game, which was mm-hmm. slated for Orchard Park. Obviously, this thing gets snowed out, and uh, they're moving the game to Detroit. So now you got uh, perfect field conditions for this. Uh, Buffalo just being, you know, in, in a downpour. I don't think, in even my 12 years that I lived in Green Bay, I don't think I ever really heard the term. What was it? A what did they say? Thunder? Thunder snow. Thunder snow. <laughs> Thunder snow. And, and we had John Murray on yesterday. John says, I don't even know if that's a thing. And I don't recall that. But anyway, you got, so you got the thunder snow going uh, in Buffalo. So obviously there has to be some line movement here. But more importantly, there are some books that will take the game off the board because they, you know, the game not being in Buffalo. But I know here at the Westgate, it is as action. It didn't matter if they play in Buffalo Niagara Falls, Detroit, Las Vegas, or Qatar, you got action, right? <laughs> That's right. And uh, we, we changed that a couple of years ago, and it really does work out for the most part. It, you know, when when you look at these type of situations, you got to look at house rules, and everybody has different house rules. House rules will vary, especially now we're going nationwide. We're talking about all these different operators. I don't even know if they address it in some of these house rules, but we have. And, you know, it's damn if you do, damn if you don't situation. You know, of course, there's going to be some people that are upset because they have action because they bet the game and they thought it was going to be played in Buffalo. And and on the other side of the coin, you got guys that were betting, you know, let's say over uh, 42 and a half or 43, and now they're betting under 48, 48 and a half. They're not saying a word. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. There's always two sides to the story. And, but we have, uh, we did that mainly because we didn't, you know, there's a lot of people that were upset that they didn't realize they, they needed to rebet it. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like there was more of those than those that bet it early. Luckily, in this situation, most of the bets haven't even come in yet. Right. It's early in the week mm-hmm. or, you know, I'd say prior to the the news weekend, coming out. Yeah, prior you know, to the weekend, yeah. you know, we that's where we make, you know, accept most of our wagers, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This thing changed on Thursday. We have probably 
less than 10% of the wagers come in at this time. So here's my take on this. I I like the Bills more in this game now because it moved to Detroit just because you don't have to factor in the weather and the turnovers and all that other kind of stuff. It's clear and fast. I mean, you're playing indoors, and for me, uh, I made it one of my best bets because I like Buffalo on on the fast turf, and I, I think they'll be able to go up and down the field where... I don't mind, you know, laying seven or seven and a half because of these conditions. Oh, there's no question. When it was going to be in Buffalo and you would be playing in that, the weather conditions, it favored Green Bay in their running game. Uh, they had a chance, of course, Green or not Green Bay, excuse me, Cleveland in the yeah. running game with the backs that they have. But I gotta, you know, wonder when there was speculation when they didn't make it official, but the rumor was there that they may send this to uh, Detroit. Did you see some advantage players trying to take advantage of the numbers? Not really. I mean, we were kind of ahead of the game. The, the, the lines that we were offering at that time were really built into the most likely that they were going to change it. Okay, so uh, you know, we try to stay up on top of it, and there's always going to be some that maybe took advantage, but it wasn't a wave or anything like that. But I certainly agree with you guys. It's a valid point. You know, when, when you have bad weather, it usually favors the underdog because, you know, the favorite's not able to do the things that they normally get to do. And uh, so when you have a bad track like that, it certainly favors the underdog. That's why when you see these rainstorms and, you know, it's going to be puddles out there, what are the Sharps doing? They're betting the underdog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, it's an equalizer and to a certain extent. Now you get out there and you get a perfect track, right? Now you don't have to deal with the crowd noise. I get that. But you put those guys that have all the all that skill level and all that speed, especially on the offensive side, as long as Josh doesn't turn it over, okay? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, we all know that, especially the last couple of weeks. But uh, uh, it certainly is a valid point that, uh, you know, in a fast track like that, it favors the favorite. Yeah. And it's interesting how they came to this location, and it kind of went kind of quickly, too. So anytime you're, you're dealing with weather, you, you know, I know that a lot of teams are thinking, okay, well, let's try, you know, home team that gets snowed out or something like this. Let's try to get to a, a closer proximity. And wait, why Detroit? Well, Detroit is indoors, okay? But they are playing Detroit. The Buffalo Bills are on Thanksgiving. So now they get to play two games in the same building, so it's really a, a convenient kind of factor for the for the Buffalo Bills. So Detroit, obviously the Lions were on the road this week, so that the building was open, and they go, hey, they're going to be playing there anyway. Let's let's do that, and not too far from Cleveland. So I think it got, makes sense. But I don't even know if they even thought about any other you know venues that would be open. Uh, it'd have to be an outdoor facility in great weather, or it would have to be uh, another indoor facility. It's an advantage going into Thursday f- for Buffalo. Totally. Yeah. No question. It was, yeah. Whoever, you know, they did them a favor yeah. <laughs> schedule We keep saying they. Yeah. <laughs> who's the <laughs> they? They did this, they did that. <laughs> Who is who's the they? NFL? Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> make, Roger yeah. Goodell has his uh, fingerprints on everything, uh-huh. doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. There it is. Sure does, yeah. Okay. But certainly advantage. I mean, instead of that real, I mean, that short week is always challenging for that visiting team. No matter who you are, no matter where you're going, and now they're already in the city. Yeah. They're going to stay right there. Right? Yeah. Certainly a, a big advantage to them. So uh, it'll be yeah. interesting. From a, again, it's a non-gaming issue here, but you know what the crowd is going to be like, and where's that crowd coming from? Is it going to be Detroit Lions fans? People just you know, uh, what are they going to do with you know these Buffalo Bills season ticket holders? What are they going to do with them? Because obviously, Bills fans can't travel. 
because they're snowed in. Mm-hmm. And then does that mean maybe more Browns fans are going to be there, or are we going to see fifteen to twenty thousand, or we're going to see forty thousand? <laughs> well, you know, how far is that from Cleveland to Detroit? Not far. Uh, not far. Yeah, yeah. just a few hours. Couple, drive. Yeah. couple hours. Yeah, yeah. two. But nobody three? can get yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, well, and well. the thing about it is, again, you've got pretty good weather in Detroit, so you don't have to worry about. Airplane weather, you know, you know, travel advisories and all that kind of stuff. So, should be interesting to. I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, what kind of crowd they get there and what what is the makeup of that. Hey, if you're a Lions fan, you finally get to see a team as a home team that can play. <laughs> that, has a sh- <laughs> that has a shot yeah, to win. It's yeah, like, oh boy. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. All right, Jay. We got the Raiders and the mess that's going on there mm-hmm. against the Broncos. That the mess is going on there. <laughs> Jay, of course, a avid Broncos fan, lifetime Broncos fan. Who's worse? <laughs> well, according to the Sharps, <laughs> the Raiders. They, you know, we took some sharp money early. It's like they laid one and a half, they laid two, laid two and a half, got the three. Actually, I said not two and a half, one and a half and two for sure. And then the market kind of moved up that way, and it got to three. Once we got to three, we actually took some sharps. Uh, money at plus three. Now we're settling at two and a half again. But I mean, the public. I mean, you should see the ticket count. The ticket count's like ninety percent Broncos right now, and um, the public really hasn't gotten a hold of it too much yet. But there's like dissension going on, you know, in the Raider locker room. That's that's what people are saying, you know, that uh, you know, in their disarray, and you know, especially whenever you have those type of press conferences, yeah. and people are supposedly calling out each other. Yeah. Usually, the public will bet the other team, mm. no matter who it is. Even and though th- this is the Raiders, and you know, they're here in Las Vegas because we saw an abundance of Raider money coming in, you know, during the first half of the season, right? Yeah. And now all of a sudden, people are off the Raiders, huh? Well, they'll. You know, when you're throwing tickets away, it doesn't matter who's on that ticket. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're going to stop betting on that team, right? And so the the uh, the public, you know, they have scars right now. They got scars, buff, uh, Buccaneer scars, Raider scars, Packer scars. Yeah, it Ram takes some, scars. Yeah, Rams. Yeah, they. It takes a little while. To make up. Yeah, you're right. Okay. And, you know, maybe Brady can do it a little faster. Maybe Aaron Rodgers can do it a little faster because they have a long history. But the, the Raiders, I and mean, there's a lot of fans around here, and I'm rooting for this local team. But right now, it, it certainly is not a public team. Sounds like a bad breakup, Marco. It's rock bottom. <laughs> and when we get to best bets, I'm actually on the Raiders. And I think that if there's ever one game that they're going to show up, it's going to be after last week's performance. And honestly, to me, when things are in disarray, the best thing I feel is to go on the road. Get away from the local media so you're not hearing us bash them. <laughs> you're not seeing you know, the local news. And because there's nothing good to say right now about the team. And losing to the Colts last week in the circus that was the hiring of Jeff Saturday and everybody questioning that, you know, it's like it doesn't get any worse than that. Well, maybe it does if you watch Derek Carr's post-game interview. Uh, that, you know, that either fires that locker room up or it divides it completely in half. See, I'm, I'm sorry, but no, go ahead. The, what you said, Mark, was like 
Okay, I've been saying that for like four weeks now. Okay. It's like, you know, they didn't get across the 50-yard line against the Saints. You know, oh, now they're going to be fired right, up. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, they were criticized to no end, and then they still came back and laid another egg, unfortunately. Uh, so I feel like, because being a Bronco fan this year is the same thing. I mean, this Bronco offense, okay, they're going to get it together. They're going to get it together after the bye week. They're going to do this. You know, there's all these factors, and I'm still seeing the same offense I saw against the Seahawks in week one. Mm-hmm. The Raiders, we've seen the same thing for like four or five weeks now. I mean, come on. I, I don't know. How much do you put on, on McDaniels? Do you put a lot of this I on put, McDaniels? I, I put a lot of it, and I'll tell you why. And see, back to what Marco was saying, normally I would you know, concur with that thought, but I can't concur on it with this situation because normally you have you know when you have leader when you have a leader okay that's going to you know okay get you fired up make these adjustments gonna get into this team make but we're not seeing any of that it is like Jason it is the same thing and that's why I view I don't see the Raiders like oh we're gonna get away from home you still got Derek Carr you still got Devontae Adams who has been pissed off from week number one because again he's not used to losing you've seen the tantrums he's had and you know his quote said it all he goes same old same old week in week out and when that is happening in your locker room you know nine weeks into the season and now you know you're out of the playoff race and then you look on the other side of the ball that defense which is a sieve I mean you're an offensive player you're going like you know they can't stop anybody I mean, so, yeah, there's division, there's lack of leadership, which starts with Josh McDaniels, and Mark Davis gave him a vote of confidence, and I get that, because Mark Davis isn't going to just pull a plug, because they've had the revolving coaches for the last decade, and they're still paying Gruden, and, you know, everything else has gone on, so Mark Davis is hoping for some stability, and... He's got to say what he said about well, I, I you know I made this hire I believe but you have to give the guy time, you know him and Dave Ziegler to get their own players. You've already seen them trying to weed out some of the guys. We're seeing cuts just as recent as a week or two ago from starters. So you're going to stick with your head coach. I get that. Doesn't mean that this season's going to get any better. So that's why I can't see the Raiders showing up. But like Jay said, now my question to you is the Broncos. They've got a better quarterback in Russell Wilson, but people are saying, well, eventually he'll get the system. Him and Nathaniel Hackett will be on the same page. They haven't been. I don't know if they ever will be or not, but what is that feeling in Denver? Well, I'm I'm looking at both head coaches, really, because, uh, you know, Hackett's supposed to be this offensive genius, and this probably proves to you that you probably should never hire an offensive coordinator that has a... Hall of Fame quarterback, because <laughs> that <laughs> Hall of Fame quarterback really makes you look good, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and so and, and those quarterbacks are running the show as well too. And I just don't even think either one of these guys just has that leadership skill. Yeah, and so with the lack of improvement that I've seen, you know, the Broncos go through, uh, you know, through ten weeks, that's really disturbing to me. Just like. You know, the Raiders situation, you know, we always said, and, you know, this is a personal favorite of mine. I, I can always tell a good coach when they play well in the second half, make adjustments, in-game adjustments, and you're able to get the troops rallied and you do really well, especially if you're losing, you know, in the first half, you come back and you play well in the second half. That's the total opposite right now here. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's really disappointing to me because I thought, uh, you know, and, and it, listen, it's a, it's a short sample, right? We, right. We, we're only talking about 10 games here. There's a lot of things. A lot of things could have gone their way. They could have been the Vikings, you know, and those key plays go their way, and the next thing you know, they're 5-1, and one, you know, out of the gate. Uh, but it hasn't. And what's uh, really disturbing me is the lack of adjustments, the lack of improvement, not only through the season for the Broncos, but the second halves that the Raiders have shown us. Mm-hmm. It's been the Arizona second half, the Jacksonville second half, and the Kansas City second half. You can't blow leads like they had in the Jacksonville game. They couldn't stop Devontae Adams in the first half, and they couldn't get him the ball in the second half. How can it, how can that be? Yeah, the other coach is going to make adjustments too. But they totally shut Adams down yeah. in the second half. You couldn't get the ball to him. Mm-hmm. I'm bitter. I had the Raiders that yeah. day against Jacksonville. <laughs> well, I had said here last week as we sat here, even though you had a two-win team and a three-win team going against each other with Colts and the Raiders, it was one of the most intriguing games for me because I wanted to see what was going to transpire with the Colts, with the Jeff Saturday situation. And then, of course, everything was taking place with the Raiders here. And, you know, they made the Raiders a six-point favorite. And a lot of people thought they were going to blow them away. And I'm going like, the Colts still have a pretty stout defense. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't think that Matt Ryan was going to play. So it was like Ellinger. So I said, I, I, can't, I can't play the game. So I go to the game, and I see Matt Ryan warming up. I go, whoa, Matt Ryan's going to play. Now this is really going to be interesting. Matt Ryan looked like Steve Young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or he looked like modern-day Josh Allen. And for him on that 39-yard scamper where he just rolled out to the right and, like, faked the pass and you had the Raider linebacker stopping. I mean, it's like, it, this is Matt Ryan that is running down the field. He's still two, trying to catch his breath. Thank you. <laughs> two plays later, he throws the touchdown strike, and it's like, wow. I mean, this they look like the Colts team that we thought that we would see in September. And now the Colts got to play Philly, and there's a little more intrigue there too. But going back to Jeff Saturday – What's his resume? His resume is, you know, he's, he's he doesn't have a coaching resume, but he is a leader of men. That's what Ursay said, and that's what I saw. I saw those guys wanting to play for Jeff Saturday last Sunday, and on the opposite sideline for Josh McDaniel, it was just like the body language is just terrible. Yeah, I can, you know, as far as that resume um, Saturday, he might as well put Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor on there, too. <laughs> there you go. Right? right? I mean, we, that's right. the first time we've Big. seen Jonathan Taylor since week one. Yeah. You know what I mean? He looks yeah. really impressive. But again, a sieve defense, which we knew mm-hmm. going into the season, what's disappointing is on the offensive side. And I know everybody has injuries. You know, you talk about, you know, Waller and you talk about. Um, Renfro. Renfro yeah, right. Okay. You know, that's a big blow. But everybody, I mean, Broncos have. True. What? Four of their top five receivers out, mm-hmm. you know, so they they have nowhere to go. But it's real frustrating. But going back to where you said, wow, I thought it was one of the more intriguing games. We've had a lot of those this year, like that involved the Bucks, the Rams, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the Packers. We're like, we got to see what's going on here, right? Right? Yeah. You know, it's not because they were great. It was like we expected greatness from these teams, and now it's kind of intriguing to see how bad they are. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing to see how uh, the struggles. Mm-hmm. The Buccaneers are very fortunate because they play in just a horrible, horrendous division, and they still have a chance for the playoffs. But obviously the Rams are done. Pretty much the Packers are done yep, as well. No doubt. Jake Cornegay uh, joins us here. Uh, real quick, uh, on the NFL side, any other line moves that uh, have jumped out? We've got a couple of, you know, the Sharps, speaking of the Colts here, uh, Sharps were all over them. Um, you know, plus nine and a half, nine, eight and a half. I think they took it all the way down to seven and a half. Um, 
The, they love the, the, the commanders. They scooped up those two and a half. So we had some um, sharp play there. Um, Lions. They also love the Lions at four, three and a half. Three and a half, so they took that. It's amazing to see the Lions at the Giants. The Giants having one of their best years. And this is what, you know, it proves that the record means nothing. Right? Mm -hmm. The record means absolutely nothing when you got the Giants, whoever, whatever they are, eight and or seven and three, three yeah. or something like that. And um, here they are, you know, only laying three at home against the Lions. Right. I said okay. the same thing last week, Jay, with the Giants against Houston. I was like, how's this line right. this low where Houston's got one win on the season, but yet they got it and they covered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they love the Rams as well. They laid three, three and a half. They're all over the money line because Stafford's back. And then we already talked about the Broncos. Mm -hmm. So they, they laid the early numbers on the Broncos. So they're out there, um, which makes sense on a lot of these plays. So yeah. we, we we like to follow that. We'll get the public in this uh, this weekend. And we'll see how it goes. What about the college side? Um, Anything significant? They uh, they love USC um, over UCLA. Um, the other one, of course, everybody's darling now, TCU. <laughs> Here it is, right? They're loving TCU. And then uh, the last one would probably be uh, uh, the Utah-Oregon game. Um, really split on that game. Those are the three biggest games. Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't really seen too much sharp play. But as far as action-wise, those are the three games that are getting all the action, TCU, uh, Utah, and um, the USC you Trojans. Yep, yep. All right, finally, Jay. World Cup starts this weekend. Awesome. Are we excited? I am. All right. Are I'm, you? I'm excited, but I, I don't like Qatar. I just don't like this uh, thing being in Qatar. Yeah, it's, it's awful. It's, it, it, it's terrible for so many reasons, but we could do another show on that by itself. But um, what kind of action and atmosphere do you expect to see here in the next few weeks? It's going to be very interesting to see. We don't, we, this is the first time, obviously, it's been held this time of year yep. against football. But a lot of these games will be at 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. our time. Um, and, uh, you know, the USA games have pretty good time slots, uh, 11 a.m. for the most part. And of course, they play on Monday. They play on Friday after Thanksgiving. Some really terrific games. But the action's been pretty solid, pretty heavy. I mean, we... We don't have uh, we have liability on the usuals like Mexico and uh, let's see. Oh, you're, um, you're fine. You keep that America, money. There you go. US, <laughs> you're, you're, US, you're fine. But uh, out of the contenders, okay. Yeah, we dug ourselves a pretty big hole with Brazil and uh, Argentina, and uh, we're kind of getting out of there right now as a lot more uh, future bets are coming in, right. but. You know, a lot of people joke about it. It's like, well, who cares about it? I go, just look at the numbers. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. There's a lot of people that care. Oh, yeah. A lot of people bet it. So. I, I better look at the future number of my German team. How, how's my <laughs> Bundesliga's doing? <laughs> what can I get uh, on them? Um, I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, uh, they're, they're probably uh, like 7-1. 6-1. Oh, uh, yeah. German national team's going to be down a little bit this year. Yeah. So normally I, I usually have a future ticket on them. Who's your so. sleeper? There you go. Uh, you know, I haven't really fully dove into it uh -huh. you know, yet. Uh -huh. So, uh, you know, I would just be probably Croatia. Croatia. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. See, I go in my native land. There you I go, go. Germany, Croatia. There we go. Canada. Yeah. Watch out for Canada. Yeah. Okay. You know, Belgium basically yeah. has the same team as they did, you know, four years ago. Right. Okay. Which yeah. isn't good. Yeah. That's not a good story. They were really good four years ago. Not so much right now. The waffles are better. Look out, look out for that Canada team plus goal and a half in the first game. Look at that. There's, there's our tout right here. I love it. The tout. 1-800-Cornegay. Cornegay on World Cup. There it is. There it is. Cornegay from Qatar. There you go. 
All right. Don't forget to get out here on Sunday for Football Central in the International Theater. Fantastic venue. Uh, see all the games, food, beverage there. It's great. And, of course, the world-famous Superbook here. Uh, any day of the week is fantastic. My friend, I appreciate it as always. Great stuff. TC, Marco, thank you. You got it, brother. Jay Cornegay, he is the man here. Him and John Murray take care of business and their fantastic staff here at the world-famous Superbook. We come back. Tracy Murray's going to join us, talk a little basketball. Best bets coming up at the bottom of the hour. It's our Friday home, the world-famous Superbook here at the Westgate Las Vegas. (laughs) 